Okay. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Hi, Erica. <laughs> Happy Book Talk Day. <laughs> Yay. Uh, welcome to Book Talk. Book Talk is a weekly podcast where we read a section of a book and then we talk about it. And we are in the second section of Clara and the Sun by Kazu Ishiguru. Yes. And a lot happened this time. Um, Clara and Josie's mom go to the Morgan Falls. Um, Josie doesn't get to go because she is slowly getting sicker, which is not only sad, but also very upsetting to her mom. We learn a little bit more about Josie and Rick and their relationship. Um, And then we start part three where Clara ventures to Rick's house. We meet his mom and then Clara and Rick go on an adventure to try to find the son to heal Josie. Oh, (laughs) I know. I just, Clara thinking the son just goes to bed in that barn is so innocently cute. I can't handle it. It's precious and also so sad. And her thinking and holding out this hope that the son has some special healing powers for for Josie. And Mm -hmm. it, it just must be busy because there's so many people to help. But surely the son will take care of Josie soon. Just so sweet. So sweet. So as you were just saying that, I was like, oh, that sounds like like a religion. Like the sun is her, you know, it like does. the sun has got it. That's like yeah. a perfect parallel to that. Like your prayers aren't always answered, right? Because God's busy. But it is interesting how she sees it as such, like the sun is in her mind a man who is like making decisions on who he wants to heal, which is very interesting. Um, and the it's like when you think about it like that, then it's just even more heartbreaking when he doesn't pick Josie to heal. Like when right. It's that literal. A lot of what Clara does reminds me of very human tendencies. Um, That is one to believe that, you know, the son has some special powers, is omnipotent, can help, is like actively trying to help. Um, And she's kind of personifying that based on, you know, the evidence that she's seen, which is the son heals her. And then this experience with the beggar man, as she calls him, being healed by the son with his dog. And you know, that it's like to her, A, A to B makes sense. The son, therefore, must be able to heal Josie. She is very human the way that she thinks. But some things like that, I feel like she just can't go in depth enough to understand the differences between their potential illnesses. But I do feel like she has some kind of sixth sense or understanding about what's going on with Josie. But I don't think she can identify it the same way she probably can't identify what was happening with the beggar man, as she calls him. Right. So I think that's interesting. But she does, she is very human-like. So what do you think of Clara in this section? Or I guess, what did you think of this section overall? We jumped right into some deep themes there. hmm <laughs> This section with Clara, we just see even more of the ways that she is very human-like and has this intuition and this sensitivity to the people around her. Um, with Josie... She sees how Josie is hiding how sick she really is, which this was just like so personal to me. Like my little sister was sick a a lot growing up um, and did the same thing, hid how sick she was. Um, And, you know, we see Clara getting a glimpse of that. Um, And seeing it in little ways with how she's not smiling as much. She's not really there. She's just kind of 
unable to maintain the facade for too long. And thankfully, I mean, Claire doesn't say anything about it, but thankfully the mother notices, um, but then puts Claire in that uncomfortable position of like, well, we'll just go to the falls and kind of gets mad at Josie for being sick and hiding it, which is understandable. Um, I do feel like she's punishing her for being sick and for like, I mean, I get that she's punishing her for lying, but I'm like, that's looking at that so one dimensionally. Like she obviously lied because you want to take her to the falls. You were upset. She was being, she was sick again. You were like, well, if you get better as if it's just something Josie could snap her fingers on, like she's putting all that pressure on her. So of course Josie's going to fake being better for her mom. And then her mom like punishes her for doing that. I'm like, that's. She's not connecting those dots. But we also have like her sister, Sal. So we learn in this section, I was wrong. Sal was not the husband. Sal was their daughter who had passed. And we don't, you know, like what? So she has something different is the insinuation that the mother gives. But what is that different? What do they even have? Is this something similar to like what the illnesses that we have? Because I was thinking like, does she have MS? Um, But... Maybe it's just something related to being lifted. The conversations with Rick make me think that it has something to do with them being lifted because there's that one part that I felt like was pretty shocking where she's, someone is talking to Rick and he basically is like, after you saw what happened with Sal, and I can't remember exactly what the words are, but it was essentially like, after what happened with Sal, my mom went ahead with me. Doesn't that mean courage? And so I feel like it has something to do with them being lifted. And I don't know if being lifted comes with the potential to be this like extra I'm really guessing here. Here's a prediction. Being lifted has something to do with being this like exceptional human, but it also comes with these risks of being sick or dying. And she chooses to do that with both of her kids and they come down with some version of this. Maybe Sal's is worse or maybe it's different. She still goes ahead and does it with Josie because the rewards in her mind outweigh the risk and Rick's mom doesn't feel the same. So I don't know if, but I think it has something to do with them being lifted, how they're sick and, that it's possibly why her mom thinks she should just get over it. I don't know. The mom thing is weird. But I do feel like it has something to do with being lifted. I agree because the clue that we get with Rick is that his mom didn't want him to be lifted because she wanted him closer to her. Like, she either didn't want to lose Rick or she wasn't willing to, like, risk him Right, getting she wasn't willing sick. to risk it. Right. We definitely get the notion in this section that Josie's mom, the mother, her plan is that when Josie passes, Clara will become Josie. Oh, yeah. I felt like that part was so creepy. I don't like that. Uh, He's like, okay, talk like her. I'm like, oh. (laughs) You can do it. You're smart. You're intelligent. You've observed her. It's creepy. It's Which so is creepy. also, then it then it reminds you of like, okay, so then this is probably why she made her impersonate Josie's walk when she before she decided to purchase her. But I'm wondering if part of being lifted is like uploading your conscience to some, or your consciousness to some like whatever grid. And then the AFs will then potentially become like the, you know, forever version of your kids. Um That was my theory because that definitely seems like that's sort of the idea is that like you can just replace like at least for Josie's mom. And that doesn't mean everybody is having this experience, but maybe the AFs are the like, you know, the kids that will live forever. And so they stay with the kid to learn their mannerisms and to pick up on how they behave. And then they get their basically personalities put into the AFs. Something like that. I don't know. That's kind of interesting, which also will probably bring us to like 
can that that cannot replace a human like even if you imitate them right so can't replace the soul the essence of what a human is or what your kid is which is so interesting um so still talking about the mom wanting her clara to imitate josie like what do you think about rick observing the sal and mom situation in the field do you think that was sal that makes me think of no i think that was an af that was picked to be like sal oh because you think sal did die Yes, I think Sal died. But then there's maybe there was an like an earlier version of an AF where she tried to do this with Sal. And that's mm-hmm. why they were saying, oh, she like lives in the cupboard or something like that. Right. That makes me think of when we go back to her purchasing Clara and she asks a lot about her empathy and her she's like, well, what this this round has what and the next round has what? Like she's curious about their specific tendencies around like human emotional intelligence. And I feel like maybe that's because something that happened with Sal's AF. I also find it weird, the explanation of the father, where like, oh, well, we're separated, but it's better for Josie. But Josie never sees him. Right. He's not in the picture at because all. Because Clara never talks about him. So Clara's been with the family for, it seems like, six months at least. Yeah. So know. are they really separated? Like, why does the dad never visit, never sees Josie? Josie never goes to his house. Like, it's or talks about a him. strange, like, what is going on there? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't didn't buy the explanation that we were given no i do think it was interesting there was like that he was replaced by an af on the assembly line or whatever he was working at but yeah then he just like is no longer in that family i just want to know more about what this being lifted is i will say is like the overall i'm gonna like back up here to the overall like what i thought of this section i feel like i mean the book is good i feel like it will be interesting to know more about it but I do feel like it's kind of like slow moving like I was just like I read half of the section and then I had to like take a break and I was like okay I need to come back and finish that because but I wasn't like I want I like need to finish like I thought it was good but I'm not like fully captivated and I feel like I need more I need more of this like information to understand what's happening and maybe that's what the second half of this book would be as we're halfway through it now but I feel like it was kind of a slow like lead up to the small amount of information that we have. Like, there's not a lot happening, you know? It reminds me of this book I read over the summer, Leave the World Behind, where we're setting up this very engaging mystery of what is happening. And, you know, everything around us is weird and getting weirder. It's like the more time we're spending with this family and the mother specifically, the more we're like, oh, (laughs) things are kind of strange. But I think that puts a lot of pressure on the book to really stick the landing. Right. I don't think when the world is watching stuck the landing. So I'll be interested to hear what you think when you read it. Um, But I'm guessing based on, again, how well rated this book is, it's similar to the push. He's going to stick the landing and it's going to be very satisfying when we find out what the lifted is and I think he'll be able to wrap this all up into some interesting um bigger questions but you're right it's setting up a lot this idea of what is the put or what is the lifted what is going to happen how is Josie's illness related to Sal's illness you know what is who are the nefarious actors what is like the society right Um, society yeah I feel like there's a like we're we've spent this whole first half of the book setting it up for what be, better be like an amazing second half and I mean some clearly crazy like, second act yeah yeah like this has to be this this setup better be leading to like a crazy second act because I feel like it can't be this for the rest of the book <laughs> right I do think 
what I like about Kazu's writing is it is very minimalist, yet these scenes are very, very well executed. So the scene at the falls, it's like, I felt like I was there. I, you could feel that moment when she says, well, why don't you just try and pretend to be Josie? And it's like, no, like, oh, I can feel it in my bones how like awkward this is. And Clara, you know, being so human, she feels it too of like, this feels wrong. And yet I am being asked to do this. So I guess I should. Similarly with Clara and Rick, or sorry, Josie and Rick, I think that their exchanges and their relationship is very, very realistic and very well done. Clara's like intuition and emotional intelligence is crazy like her ability to like sense the mood and intuit what not only if someone is going to do something like prediction wise but also like why or what could be motivating them like I feel like some humans I know aren't that good at this like aren't that good at that level of emotional intelligence and intuition and she is it's so interesting how that has like surpassed or at least on level with what a lot of humans how they process emotions it's interesting, though, because she makes some of the mistakes that humans make as well. Um, you know, like she takes things really personally when it's clearly not about her. Like, you know, the tension with the mother and Josie, like it's all of this, you know, family trauma and uh, things that they clearly haven't talked about. And then she immediately is like, oh, God, I did something to make them feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, no, I shouldn't have asked that question when it's really not that you ask the question. It's the the way it was received. So, you know, I just, I think it's interesting and amusing how Clara is also showing us the way the human behavior is so ridiculous. And, you know, obviously it's not about you. And yet we do that all the time. Like, wow, that interaction was so weird. What did I do? There's a psychological term there where I feel like people <laughs> constantly think that it's always about them or that the world revolves around them or that people are considering mm -hmm what they think at all times and like they're just not I don't know what the term is but like we are just very like egotistical people just like in general yeah, egocentrism like, egocentric yeah like we are just thinking people are thinking about us as much as we are thinking about us and they are not <laughs> but like I think Clara makes that yeah. same mistake the other thing Clara is really good at is making really good observations about other people and about human behavior so she's both teaching us about humans in the way that she acts but also the way that she's observing others and one quote that was sort of at the end of last week's section and the beginning of this week's section is her talking about watching Josie change her behavior at the party and realizing that the quote is, people often feel the need to prepare a side of themselves to display to passerbyers as they might in a store window. This is like a classic sociological uh, term from Goffman, Irving Goffman, who's like my... I love him. I will never write a paper and not cite Goffman. All of my co-authors know. But he talked about this like kind of front stage, backstage um, metaphor for human behavior, which is like there's times where you're on the front stage where you're presenting something that you want other people to see. But then there's the backstage of how you really are and kind of you only have the insight into what is your backstage and front stage. And I thought the idea of comparing it to what she knows, which is how you behave when you're in the store window, was just such a great metaphor for how we kind of can project something different than how we really are. For sure. And I loved the second part, or like right after that quote, when Clara realizes that you don't need to take the side that people are presenting so seriously. She like, I think she realizes more than 
some people do that like that is a side that you are presenting and so that might not be truly how Josie feels and so people will present this version of themselves but you don't need to like you know she's kind of telling herself like you don't need to stress about what that version of the person thinks of you it's not like who they really are or what they really feel so I think that that is interesting all right this week we are reading pages 159 to 231 we're halfway there now third section can't wait yay I'm excited to see what's gonna happen Bookshop is an online bookstore with a mission we adore, to support local independent bookstores. But in this crazy world, during a pandemic, and even in normal times, more and more people are buying online. Bookshop makes it easy to get your books online and shop local at the exact same time. I love the ease of buying books impulsively from my couch, but still supporting the adorable little shops that I love to get lost in on a lazy pre-pandemic Sunday. Go to bookshop.org to find a store near you and shop a little local today. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> I can't do that. Talk, talk. <laughs> uh, um, I now we've started talk, talk. But I just wanted to tell you, I made that risotto last night. Mm-hmm. It was so good. But what happened was, I only made enough for like a side dish. And then I told Jason, I was like, listen, I made the risotto. It's a lot of effort. You have to make the chicken and veggies, right, that go with this. And he pulled mm-hmm. everything out of the fridge. And he was like, everything in this fridge is like a week over. Like everything has mold. Everything has gone bad. And I was like, oh, shit. When is the last oh, time I went to the grocery? So we had to go out and get food. Aww. But it's fine. We both have risotto for lunch today. But it was very funny because it was not enough for dinner. And I was just like, my bad. I didn't actually check any of the vegetables. Oops. <laughs> I like for so long so I am like on and off vegan weird dietary restrictions but um the weird thing about when you eat vegan cheese for so long is that like vegan cheese very doesn't go mold like right grow mold it will get it will uh, after like a year right and um one time I served someone moldy cheese on top of chili and they were like did you not look and I was like no (laughs) (laughs) no we, what do you mean? Cheese my cheese doesn't grow more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. We got sushi though, so I was like very happy. That's what I'd rather have anyway. Oh, yum. What are you reading? Um, I am reading Girl Woman Other, which I have heard such good things about. Surprisingly, I didn't know what it was about. I just knew it was really good. Um, it basically follows the lives of different black women in Great Britain and they're all kind of like related to one another, but in different ways. And it's sort of like short stories, like you kind of go into each woman's life and learn about her and her relationship with the other women in the book. But it is unbelievable. It's so good. It's, it's longer and it's really sad that I hesitated to read it because I was like, this is going to put me back on my number of books read this year. Um, which I need to just absolutely get out of that thinking. It's so good. And at this point, I totally, like Dan and I were just talking last night about like how long different movies are. And I'm like of the opinion that movies do not need to be over two hours. But I think some books need, 
they need space to breathe. Like at this point, and I'll let you know if this changes when I finish it. But at this point, I don't know if there's a single woman whose story I would cut out. So I feel like it needs to be this long. I first heard of this book when one of my friends from South Carolina, Spencer, which I think, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but I think his wife does. And he was reading, I think, this book, Girl, Woman, Other. And I was like, that book looks really long. (laughs) But I think he said it was really good. So I'm excited to hear what you think of it once you're done. I want to read it too. I almost bought it at uh, when I was at the bookstore the other day. I was over my quota. Talk is made by me, Erica Bailey, and Katie Cheney, with production support from Dan White. Our theme music is by Dan White. We'll see you next week. Ba-da.